Thanks for listening to the Woodward Podcast Network. Check out more shows by searching for us on Spreaker or wherever you catch your podcasts. The Woodward Podcast Network with Krupka Dental Associates. Hello, this is Dr. John Krupka from Krupka Dental. We now have the Saleo Laser. You can have your fillings done without needles nor drills. We are a full-service dental office and always accepting new patients. To learn more about me and my friendly team, visit KrupkaDental.com. is here and uh, Despano, good to see you guys. Nice to see you as well. Well, let's see. The president is overseas. He's talking a lot of stuff. Uh, there's a trade war going on, and yet the markets had yet another day. We we had a we had a streak broken the other day, but then it popped back up. You know. Well, you know, I think I think the terminology trade war is it really a trade war? Is it know, still a skirmish? Know, right. You know, is it still uh, still in the talking stages? I'm going to meet you out. You know, take me out back yet? But I don't know <laughs> that's really happened. I know that's just the beginning of it right now, and I know there's some some political ramifications of it. But more importantly, I think what we're seeing right now is that the Q, Q2, quarter two, has ended, and quarter three is beginning. And at that time, when another quarter begins, what we get is an earnings re- an earnings reports, Mark. And we expect great earnings again this quarter as we did last quarter. Well, when you look at earnings, certainly you're looking at what companies are making, not only in terms of revenue, but what goes to the bottom line. And we keep an eye on that as one of the fundamentals as the true fundamentals of the stock market. You can, you, the rest of this stuff sometimes is noise, trade skirmishes, trade wars, however you classify it. Certainly what you get to is a degree of uncertainty, and that's what spooks the markets oftentimes, whether it's the stock markets or the bond markets, is we just don't know what's going to happen next. So I think, Dave, certainly when we talk with our clients, we talk about the fundamentals and staying focused on what's important in the market and what's going on. And certainly these company earnings that are going to come out as they start this week that, that's the important stuff. Well, it is. And, and of course, you know, it is uncertain. We, we sure. don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, the day after. And it is there is some uncertainty t- towards it. But what you can rely on is the empirical measurements of what somebody earned. And if you look at the S&P 500s uh, in total, they're going to see 20% growth again this quarter as they did last quarter. You'd have to go back to post-2000, the post-recession, 2009, 2010, to see this type of earnings. And remember, back then, they went from $1 to $2. Right. They're really moving the needle this time, and, it, and there's a lot of reasons why that is happening. One of them is consumer confidence. One of them is uh, taxes and regulation. There's no doubt about that. But you know, when I look at it and I see that we're going to have great earnings, Mark, one of the things I, I wonder about is this is a really narrow-traded market. And we look at the S&P 500 and the year-to-date returns, and you have to look at the big six, uh, particularly the tech companies, Amazon, Netflix, Microsoft, Apple, Alphabet, and Facebook represent 98% of the S&P 500 gain. And that is a bit concerning that it's a narrow market. But we'll see where we go from here. Earnings are coming out, Mark, and I think we're expecting good numbers. Well, certainly we are. And and when you go back to that number, just so people can digest that and understand, you're looking at year over year. So you look at the second quarter of 2017, what did these companies earn? Or what did the index, the S&P 500, earn? Then you compare that to what we expect for 2018 or even into 2019. You look at forward guidance. What do we expect for earnings for companies coming up f- coming up, as they continue to operate? Those are the important numbers, and that's what people should be focusing on. But when you're talking about year-over-year earnings growth, it's the example that 20% of a company making $5 a share last year and making $6 a share this year. That's significant. That's significant growth, and historically, it's way over the top. You know, and you think about where we are, Danny, particularly with valuations, and we go, well, right now, here we are in July, 
And the S&P 500 really hasn't made any money. And I don't know if everybody realizes that because it just sounds like everything is going so well. But the S&P is basically flat. And at the very same time, earnings have gone up significantly. So what does that do? It pushes down the price to earnings ratio. P.E. ratios are back to historical norms where we were getting up into a 19 and 20, which starts to get to the edge of an expensive number. We're back to a normal number. You know, I used to think that the S&P 500 was kind of the catch-all, right? It was kind of the old stalwart. It's not so much, not, not lately. Well, it hasn't been, and you can look at a number of different indexes. We're looking at the Russell 2000, for instance, because it's more of a reflection of the mid-cap and smaller-cap companies. When you talk about tax reform, they, they benefit disproportionately than large-cap companies who make more of their earnings outside the United States. So you can look at a lot of different indexes. You look at the NASDAQ today closing at a record high. That's that technology index. So a seasoned investor, somebody who is doing it themselves, or somebody who's looking at their portfolio as those June 30th statements have come out, should be looking at those indexes and trying to compare that index to what they actually own. Sometimes it's really dangerous for people to look at their portfolio and say, hey, the S&P 500 did 20% last year. I did 16. I must have done something wrong. And that's just not the case. Well, and, and conversely, and we just got a couple of minutes before we take a break. Do you guys find that when things are going well in the in the stock market, that people feel that eh, maybe I don't need to have an investment pl- partner? Maybe I can do it myself. And I think that's where I got in trouble in the past. It was like, hey, you know, I remember buying stocks in 08 and 09. Everything was going up. And well. <laughs> right. I thought it was a lot smarter than I was. When that happened back in 1987, and it happened in the late 1990s in the dot-com, and you'll, you'll, you'll see these things in the newspaper and so forth where a monkey would throw a dart at right. a board and it would make money. Well, there's more to that, and I, you know, and, and I really believe that. So it's probably that. even more important to really have a good partner. There's no question. It needs to, because you look at the things that are they're moving around, Dan, and you've got great economic growth. You've got fiscal stimulus. On the other side, you've got this potential trade war. You've got rising deficits. You've got the dollar moving all around. And it's complicated. I can tell you, I've been doing this for more than 30 years, and it's complicated. I learn on every every single day. I read the newspaper, uh, the Wall Street Journal, cover to cover every day, and I learn stuff on a daily basis. So while other people are doing their jobs and being firemen or uh, you know, or, sure. or taking care of the fields or saving lives, whatever it is, we are here and we're paying attention to it on a daily basis. Well, and, and that's where the partner makes a difference. And, and it's the efficiencies too, right? We talk about team and technology and trust, but talking about the team, we've got, I mean, the tax backup that we've got in the building. Well, I mean, not only the, the doctors and the farmers and everybody else that are the do-it-yourselfers, you think about the sole practitioners out there, guys that are selling annuities or selling mutual funds, that have to digest all this information, changes in the tax law, changes in the estate tax laws, certainly changes in retirement rules. We had some important things happen this week with with Roth conversion. So to digest all that information is really difficult for a sole practitioner to do. You need a team. You need a team. We would love to talk to you. AnnexWealth.com is where you start. That's our website, 4321 College Avenue in Appleton. We can meet with you there. We can do it with Annex everywhere. We are ready to help you. It's Annex Wealth Management Show on WHBY. Know the difference. Team. Technology. Trust. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show on WHBY. Here's Danny Clayton. Randy Winkler's back.
Nick Randy is our financial planning manager at Annex Wealth Management. Hey, Randy. Hey, Danny. How you doing? Are we going to do math? Yeah, we're going to do a lot of math <laughs> See, today. You were a math major. That's what <laughs> scares me. All right. So I'm going to be the guy nodding at the party and just kind of trying to keep up with what you're talking about. All right. So we're going to talk about the rule of 72. Yes. And this is fun math. I think you're going to like this and we can make it pretty simple. I know one amazing fact about the rule of 72. That's all I know. And what's that? Who invented it? Who was that? I didn't even know Actually, that. Actually, who discovered it. Nobody invented it. It was a discovery. Einstein. Really? Einstein. Did I teach you something? He's a pretty smart guy, too. He's so, in fact, like math. He says, what I found, he said, was that uh, he's more proud of that than he is the theory of relativity. Wow. Who knows? All right. Let's talk about the rule of 72. What is that? Well, if you take the interest rate that you're getting and you divide that into 72, it'll tell you approximately how long it'll take you to double your money. The interest rate meaning the earnings, right? Correct. Okay. All right. So I'll give a couple of examples. Let's say that you were getting a fixed 10% interest. If you divide 72 by 10, that's 7.2. So you double your money every 7.2 years. So that's a lesson. Yes. That's a lesson to be patient, right? And it's a good example if you contrast that with what a lot of people do. So let's say you've got the money in the bank and say, oh, I'm doing pretty good there. I'm not taking any risk. And let's say your savings account pays 1%. Take 72, divide it by one, that's 72. It takes you 72 years to double your money if you have it in a savings account earning 1%. Some are earning 0.1%. Let's do a little bit more math. 72 divided by 0.1, that's 720 years. Is this a rule more, is rule of 72 more for choosing an investment or managing your expectations? And I guess where I'm going with that is, is like you talk about your niece and nephew a lot, Mm -hmm. right? Yes. You give them kind of financial wisdom. Is this something for millennials or mid 20s, something to say, listen, over time, things double and then they double again, but you need to know how long it's going to take to double. Right. It's kind of a rule of thumb and it's not completely accurate, but it'll give you an idea. And it's fantastic for somebody young. Because when you look at somebody like my niece and nephew are 23 and 21, think of how many doubles they have in their life as opposed to somebody who's 50. You know, if they can, if they have a small amount of money, but they have 10 doubles, that's going to happen during the course of their life or even five, they can be much better off than somebody who's got a lot of money and they've only got one double left. So does this mean that this is the rule of 72 is more for younger people or is it still applicable for us? <laughs> I, I think it's it's applicable for everybody okay. and depending on your situation because you could take a look at what your goal is and investing really comes down to what are you trying to achieve what's your time frame and your risk tolerance so if you were going on a fancy vacation next year you probably wouldn't want to put that money at risk in the stock market because it could be down you might want to put it in the bank But if you're retiring in 15 years, you probably don't want that money in the bank because you're not going to be getting enough of a rate of return to reach your goals. So you have to use the appropriate vehicle for your time frame and your risk tolerance. Randy Winkler is our financial planning manager at Annex Wealth Management. Okay, I'm still still grasping this, right? Again, this is math. Interest rates change, though. So somebody's investments, we're talking about maybe a mutual fund or something like that. So that changes. Yeah. It's just kind of to give you an idea. It's a a simple rule, but it doesn't take into account things like additions that you make. Like if your 401k right now is $100,000 and you never invested anything in it again and you were getting 10%, you could figure out you're going to double about every 7.2 years. And there's a big disclaimer on that that we'll talk about coming up. But if you're also contributing, it's going to shorten that time up dramatically. So it's just kind of a rule of thumb to take a look at where am I? You know, mm-hmm. I'm this age and this is how much I have. 
how much am I earning? Where's the money? How many doubles do I have left? And then you'd start factoring in some of the other things. And so it's just kind of a little snapshot, a picture of where sure. am I at? How is that used in financial planning? Well, there's a, there's a saying that I like. It's not timing the market. It's time in the market. Okay. So the more time that you have and then being in an appropriate investment. And the disclaimer I mentioned before, an interesting fact that we find about the S&P 500 is even though it's averaged about 10% over the last 90 years that it's been in existence, there's only been three years where it's actually returned between 9 and 11%. So the 10% average is a little bit deceiving. And I heard something once that I thought was interesting, how averages can be uh, inaccurate. If you knew somebody who wanted to move to Wisconsin and said, hey, what's the average temperature? The, the correct answer, which I was interested to learn, is 48 degrees. So if they moved here and dressed appropriately for 48-degree weather, they'd probably be really overdressed today and really underdressed in January. The S&P 500, the stock market, is all over the place. Uh, most of the time it goes up. So over those 90 years, uh, 66 of those years, the market was up. Uh, 24 of those years, or 27%, the market was down. So most of the time it goes up, or about two-thirds of the time. And if you smooth that out over time, it, it gets kind of boring. You know, day-to-day uh, -day fluctuations, they're up and down, they're all over the place. But over time, it gets a little bit more predictable. So the rule of 72 is really intended more for a fixed um, rate of return. So it's just kind of an example of making sure you're in an appropriate place given your time frame. If you've got a series of doubles coming up, you probably want to make sure that, that the money's in the right place. You don't. How many 72-year periods do you have to double your 1% money that you have in a savings account? <laughs> There's a lot of rules of thumb like this. Everybody's situation is very different. That's why it's important to talk to an advisor. But just to give you an idea where you're at, some of these can be very interesting and intriguing and maybe prompt you to look into it a little bit more. Are you in the appropriate investment, taking the right amount of risk, taking too much risk? And we're happy to sit down and talk to people about their individual situation. I don't want to make you guys busier than you are, but you guys are kind of the front end of when we talk about the portfolio analysis. So that is you and your team. Yep. We take a look at that and, and we love it. It's and you're open fun. for business? Definitely. All right. That is Randy Winkler, Financial Planning manager, Annex Wealth Management. Thanks, Randy. Thanks, Danny. 426 WHBY, Annex Wealth Management show. You guys know i got a kind of a soft spot for the planning department, maybe because they're just so smart, right? Well, you said because they're geeks. I don't know. You I know, mean, they're not, you know, other than Randy, they can't hear what we're saying. So. No, no, listen, when I was a kid, that wasn't such a good word. Now it's right. kind of a source of pride, oh, right? Oh, for sure. So if you're a geek, the geeks are kind of running the world. And, and when we talk about financial planning, when somebody comes to us with the portfolio analysis that, listen, can I get some fresh eyes on this? Could you take a look at this and, and tell me what I got? I've seen it firsthand with my dad going through the process. Um, it's pretty remarkable. And we were talking earlier about things are going well with the markets. People might not think that they need financial planning. But I'll tell you this, the efficiencies that, that the planning department brought to my dad's portfolio, you know, from fixed income. It was like, listen, this, this, and this is fine. This, this, and this, we suggest this other thing. And it was great. It so, was wealth, really good. so wealth management isn't just a matter of managing the investments it's the full-scale process it is do you have a plan are you working yeah. towards that plan what is the tax ramifications of making a decision when should you take your required minimum distribution should you go ahead to a Roth does this all talk to your estate plan and that's why the team is so important because I can tell you after all of this time I don't have all the answers and you have to have a team around you yeah, to do I, these things and I, th I think people might I didn't understand it before I was part of the part of the company. I thought it was getting sold something. Right. And I just I thought right. it was and and 
when you see the depth of a, of a really strong team like we have at Annex, it's not just our planning department. It's the, the tax department, and it's our estate people, and it's our people that you work with from, from our customer service managers. It's, it's, the, it's this huge squad. Well, it is, Danny, and, and unfortunately there's a lot of people listening today that had that experience of having been sold something somewhere down the line, and, and you know it's where we started to really accentuate and know the difference. And we invite people to try to do that, to try to understand the difference between a true wealth management firm and a company that goes out and sells product. And there's a lot of ways to do that. There's a, a page on our website that you can go to AnnexWealth.com, and you can look at the different standards of a, of a true fiduciary. You know, do we earn commissions? The answer to that is no. We don't get paid when we sell something. We are not salespeople. We are advisors. We're registered with the SEC, the Securities and Exchange Commission, as a registered investment advisor, not a registered salesperson. There is a difference, and people need to understand what that difference is. There's a lot of ways to be able to do that, Dave, but certainly one of the telltale signs is are you a fiduciary? Are you willing to commit to a fiduciary standard of care? And that kind of got... That kind of got bastardized a little bit in the it last did. couple of years, and right. certainly who's an advisor and who's not an advisor, I think it's a little different these days and harder for people to discern. But there's things that you can do. Well, there, there is, but you know, I, the reason why it got convoluted is because many years ago the department, or actually President Obama, wanted to have a standard of care, and so he went to the SEC, which has a board of governors, and they said we cannot get right. uh, on the same page. So then he went to, to the Department of Labor, which he has control over because there's a secretary of the Department of Labor, which is which is reports directly to the president. Correct. He then went to the secretary, Thomas Perez, who's now gone, and said this will be the, the lay of the land. And the problem with that is they only controlled IRAs and 401ks, or what's called qualified money. So you could go to an advisor and say, okay, I'm going to be a fiduciary, or I'm going to be a fiduciary on these assets, but not these other assets. And it was it was too hard, and it did get convoluted. And that's the reason why you have to ask the question, are you a fiduciary on all of my assets, and are you willing to put it in writing? And make sure you get that answer. Annex Wealth Management Show, we got 30 minutes left. Got a couple of interesting segments coming up. One is on gold diggers and fortune hunters. It's not... It's not uh, what you think. It's not a show on, it, on, on uh, History Channel. But you know what it is. It's, it's the people that all of a sudden show up when they kind of sniff out some money. There are some dangers for your loved ones. Also, if you run any sort of company, one of the benefits that you can offer your employees is a 401k. How do you set that up properly? What is financial wellness? That's on the way. Annex Wealth Management Show, WHBY. The Annex Wealth Management Show is on the air on WHVY. Have a question for the Annex team? Give us a call at 281-1150 or 886-887-1150. Now back to the show. Here's your host, Danny Clayton. This is probably a first for us. We're going to talk fortune hunters and gold diggers. And no, it's not a show on the History Channel. Deanne Phillips is here. Hey, Deanne. <laughs> hey, Danny. How are you? Good. Director of Client Learning and Development. Okay, first off, fortune hunters, those are the people that all of a sudden show up. Gold diggers kind of prey on lonely and heartbroken. 
right? Do I have the phrasing yeah, right? Yeah, no, I yeah, think that's yeah. accurate. So the, the two we're, uh, categories and men or women that we're talking about right yep. here are people going through a transition. And sometimes it can be what is deemed a happy transition. For example, winning the lottery. That's why so many people wait to come forward. They want to be sure they have their advisors in a row because instantly, I mean, think about it. That's one, Once your name's out there, every person's going to want to advise you and have a hot tip somewhere. Mm-hmm. And these could be relatives. They could be anybody. Oh. But in your experience in financial planning, have you run across this? Yes, we have. Okay. So, and, and quite frankly, in all sorts of circumstances, transitions are tough. And again, whether they can be happy or sad. So it yes, it could be a death where, you know, there actually are people that stock the obituaries to lay claim on, you know, or, or you have, have somebody sure. as prey while their emotions are kind of on toward tilt. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So there are some things they definitely want to think about when you go through a transition in order to protect yourself and not be a victim. There's a phrase, con men don't look like con men. What what do we learn from that? First off, you know, when you're going through heartbreak, uh, you want empathy. And so there are people out there that are just more than willing to play right into that. And whether it's the lonely person, the lonely senior, we see this a lot also, unfortunately, too, where someone will swoop in, they find out that that distant relative has a little bit of money and oh, dear auntie, they become their best friend, right? So, you know, that's difficult in a scenario like that. We want to really hope that the senior is getting a benefit from the close relationship. Um, You know, when someone passes, though, we've also seen somebody come romantically swoop in and, you know, um, what? here's the deal, Danny, if if your spidey sense goes up on something, trust it. Mm -hmm. Usually you're right. You know, go with your gut. Talk about your suspicions with someone who's close to you. How would somebody know? Somebody's mom, widowed, right, and either a fortune hunter or a gold digger comes in, and maybe they live a state away. Maybe even mom is all of a sudden happy, right, for the first time in a couple of years. So you really wouldn't know that something is going on unless you had access to their finance or at least how they're working, their spending, their investing, things like that. That's exactly right. So as uh, at Annex, you know, as holistic wealth advisors, we understand the process of grief. So whether it's death, divorce, disability, there's a grieving process and you never want to hurry someone through that process. You just can't because, you know, we've seen, unfortunately, for example, widows get life insurance 
insurance proceeds in the mail by checkbook, right? Mm-hmm. And fast forward six months later, they the money's gone and they have no idea where it was spent because they're emotional spending. So that's where a trusted advisor can help someone through a transition by protecting them also from themselves, not just from other people. But certainly, again, if it feels to you that a loved one who's newly widowed or, or separated or divorced is going through and found a romantic relationship and all of a sudden, boom, practically, you know, the next month they're getting married, there may be an issue here. Um, if they're being rushed into something, again, that spidey sense might go. Also, you need to look at if there's a new companion in mom's life in your example, how do they treat other people? Not just your mom, because they may be using flattery, which, you know, when you're really down, when you've gone through something really hard, flattery can mean the world, but yep. you, you have to look at it. And there's a way of telling the honesty, and that's really in how that person who's new on the scene treats others around them, particularly others that they might deem on the same social scale. One of the other questions is, is how are their finances? Well, you, you have know? to look at that right, right. Just like you wouldn't want necessarily a uh, power of attorney over your finances to be somebody who had a gambling problem or who, who had gone bankrupt, right? You, you kind of have to look at that. When someone comes out of the blue, you have to watch, are they after that person because they are in an emergency money situation? and they see a quick solution. That could be super awkward, though. I mean, what are you supposed to do? Hire a a private detective? We've actually known people that actually have. But the thing is, again, it's about rushing through things, right? When someone comes into a little bit of money, I mean, think about it. All of a sudden, they've got all these people who are their best friend. And the kind-hearted and generous person would want to give the benefit of the doubt to someone that they love, air Mm -hmm. quotes here, right? But you have to check. I mean, are they making constant excuses for their behavior? Do they have bad habits that you see repeated over and over again. Also are, you know, because excuses are bad. I mean, everyone makes mistakes, but if, if they're continually pointing the finger elsewhere over their bad financial behavior, there may be a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, you mentioned, uh, should someone, you know, hire somebody to check them out? Well, no, but you know, with social media and everything now, there is a way to find out about people. I mean, chances are if that person's on Facebook, you may have a mutual acquaintance in mind. So you can kind of see a little bit about people through who they associate themselves with as well. You know, do they currently have a loving family or a good best friend that you can talk to? Here's the story I heard. Somebody's mom in Phoenix all of a sudden takes up with a new guy. She's happy, happy as a clam. The kids are a little suspicious and they do what you just suggested, which is look on Facebook. And then they looked him up a little bit deeper because, you know, you can you can look up stuff like that. And this guy had failed businesses, probably one or two. It mm-hmm. sounds like he was estranged with his family. So right. what would you suggest in a case like that? It's a situation where if you're close to a loved one, keep tabs on them when they're alone. You know, get to know the people in their life. You know, make sure because elderly people on their own, just without a romantic interest, you know, they are often victims of fraud and just attempts at fraud. So it's a good thing to have open family discussions. It doesn't have to be open where they tell you about their money, but you should have a discussion about, hey, you know, mom, dad, aunt, uncle, are your affairs in order? Is there anything I can help you to do? Can I hook you up with an attorney? Are you are you set? Do you feel comfortable if it comes a point where you can't make your financial decisions anymore in the future that you have someone you trust who can sweep in and do this for you? You just don't want it to be the brand new boyfriend who well, swept in out of town. It, and that's it, the danger. That is the danger. So, And candidly, that happened to my uncle out in California. And it was his um, th- this woman who came out of the blue after his wife died, and he was grieving. And in the end, flash forward to the end, 
it was terrible. She ended up literally keeping him a prisoner in his house. He was emaciated. He wasn't eating enough, and he was kind of wilting away, and she was off spending his money. And finally, the kids caught on from out of state and intervened. But, you know, by then, there's so much heartache as well as financial ache. You know, and here's the deal. You know, Cicero once said, it's hard for a good person to suspect evil. It's just as hard as it is for a bad person to suspect good. So if you think about that, you know, if you've got a kind-hearted, loving person and all of a sudden they have new love in their life or somebody who's fawning over them, it's hard for them to see that evil. Dean Phillips, our Director of Client Learning and Development, thank you for jumping on. Thanks for having me. 443 WHBY, the Annex Wealth Management Show. Mark Oswald, have you run into that? I mean, it's there's only so much a financial advisor can do with a gold digger or a fortune hunter. Well, uh, some of that's changed, you know, and, and we unfortunately have run into it. Um, and there's not much we can do because you have an account owner that has rights, you know, and that account owner then gets married to somebody and confers those rights to somebody else who maybe doesn't have the greatest intentions. Sometimes we're just stuck, you know. But there are things, there's been an evolution over the last couple of years from both the state and federal level as to what advisors can do with some degree of immunity if they think that there's a problem, either with a senior or in the event that uh, somebody may be being taken advantage of. What I would invite people to do is today when people open accounts, the advisory firm is supposed to ask them if they want to list a trusted contact. And that's a third party. It could be a son, it could be a daughter, it could be somebody else who the, the financial advisor can contact and say, hey, this is going on. Are you aware of this? Is there an issue here? Is there a diminished capacity issue? Is there somebody involved in the relationship that we want to make sure that we understand what this person's role is? So if you don't have a trusted contact on your existing account, call your financial advisor and get listed. Get somebody listed on your account that you trust. In my mother's case, it's me. You know, So if somebody were to call me from her advisory firm and say, you know, this is going on in her account, I have the legal ability to be able to act, to intervene. It's an important thing, and it's something that people should look at. Annex Wealth Management Show, Thursday, July 12th. We'd love to uh, work with you. If what you hear on the radio matches up with your values the way you'd like to be treated, 903-9800 in Appleton, otherwise AnnexWealth.com. Back in a bit, Annex Wealth Management Show on WHBY. You work too hard to not have a plan. Today's a great day to start. You're listening to the Annex Wealth Management Show on WHBY. Here's your host, Danny Clayton. When it comes to 401ks, the guy at Annex is Tom Parks. Hello, Tom. Hey, how are you? Good. Director of Retirement Plan Services. So I read a lot and I see these articles and if I have a question, I kind of run them past you. So can we do that? I love it when you do this. This is a major financial print publication. I was talking about, and these are the basics of 401ks, but I think it's always good to review. Number one, understand all options available to you. And one of the things they talk about is what's called a self-directed brokerage account option. What is that? Right. So when they're saying all options available to you, they're talking about investments. And usually when you're in a 401k plan, you have a list of investments from which to choose. You know, you've got some large cap funds and some mid cap funds, target dates, all that stuff. And some retirement plans actually have kind of its own separate little option. A lot of times they'll call it a window, a brokerage window. And it is a brokerage account within the retirement plan itself. Once you jump through that window, you're essentially 
in a traditional brokerage account where you can buy whatever you want for a, the most part. As my 401k investment. So I could go off and buy Tesla. I could buy sure, Apple. Right. Okay. Yeah. The thing is, there aren't that many plans that have them. You have to be a bigger plan. They're expensive to maintain within the plan. So that is an option that is out there. I mean, plans have them. That's just not the norm, gotcha. I would say. That's a self-directed brokerage account. Right. The other thing, article, they said, if your plan doesn't offer index funds or low-cost target date funds, who the heck does that? I mean, I thought those things are great. They're, they are. And there are plans that don't offer them. And if you're, you're in a plan that doesn't offer them, you should probably be asking the people in charge of your plan why they aren't available to you. I think when we're looking at investment strategies, the index sleeve is an important sleeve. Do we think that a pure index strategy is the way to go? Not necessarily. But is it something that you should have available to you? Yeah, preferably. Another suggestion was see what funds in your plan cost. Do you have to kind of dig deep to find that out? You shouldn't have to dig too deep to figure that out. With websites and all that, that information should be readily available. The one thing that can kind of trip people up when it comes to retirement plans is the way that they go about disclosing the fees depending on the structure of the plan itself. So sometimes there is a, an additional fee for the services provided by the retirement plan provider. And sometimes they will lump that cost right in with the cost of the fund itself. So even though it's technically a separate cost, let's say that you're, the fund that you're in has uh, 10 basis points. So 0.1% is the cost, but there's a 20 basis point cost for the plan. It might show that the cost of that fund is 30 when it's really 10 plus the 20. But yeah, that information, ultimately that's what you're paying to be in there. So either way, you should be able to find that information. And it's like anything else. I don't know why you would spend money on something, which is what you're doing when you're investing in a fund. Um, you're Obviously you're getting a return, but there is something that you're paying, you should know what you're paying. Is there a fair number? No. Okay. Uh, and the, you know, the reason for that is plans are all different. So if you're in a plan that's $2 billion in total assets, well, you're going to get a better price than you, if you're in a $2 million plan, right? So on an investment by investment basis, yeah, I mean, some actively managed funds are going to cost more. Small company funds, international, those are going to cost more. But there isn't a, a good rule of thumb to use because plans are so different from one another. Tom Parks, Director of Retirement Plan Services. We're talking about 401ks in this article I read, and I like to run things past Tom. Uh, other suggestion, follow a model portfolio. I, I like those. Yeah, they're very convenient for people. So when we talk about investing in a plan, you've got you know a menu of funds from which to choose. You've got you know all the different types of funds that are in there. A lot of times they're going to be target date funds. The issue with target date funds, they're great. They're a one-stop shop and you know help you manage for retirement. But using my wife and myself as an example, we're the same age. She and I have different risk profiles, so she and I probably shouldn't be in the same target date fund. Right? Let me guess, you're the riskier one. How did you know? I knew uh, it. Yeah, you haven't even met my wife yet. Well. <laughs> Someday you might change your mind once you meet her. But uh, the nice thing about model portfolios is they're they're really tuned into your risk tolerance. And so if your plan allows for them and offers them, I they're a great option. The thing is, not all platforms make that available. So if you don't have them in your plan, it's a good thing to ask. See if you can get. You might not be able to get it, though. Here's the thing I think you can help with. Understand and support your 401k yourself. And the point the article made is, is that every employee should understand their 401k and that every employee should be supportive. That's not always the case. But really, should I expect my employer to know that much about it? Your employer should provide you with what you need 
to understand it to the best of your ability. So no, it's not reasonable, I don't think, to expect an employer to understand all of the ins and outs of the retirement plan. However, it is their fiduciary duty to do that. So that's one of the things that we talk about with people is say you got to make sure that you are working with service providers, advisors who you trust do know what they're doing and are going to do right by your employees. So it's not fair, I think, to expect everyone to know everything about retirement plans. That's why it's so important to have somebody on your team, you know, on your side who's helping you and your employees figure all this stuff out. But that's something we do with companies too, right? That's most of what we do with most companies. Yeah. We do, yeah. So we, we spend a lot of times, first of all, helping the employers say, hey, here's what you've got. Here's how it is structured. Here's what you're paying. Here's who's getting paid what. Uh, sorting all that out isn't always easy. Once that's done, then it's an ongoing process. But then we turn to their employees and we say, okay, employees A, B, and C, each one of them probably has different goals and aspirations and things that they should be doing. And we work with each one of them individually to figure out this benefit that you have available to you. How can you personally take greatest advantage of it? You know, and if you run a company or if you're in an HR department that makes these decisions, these are better benefits for your employees. It behooves you to talk to somebody that really knows how to set up a 401k plan and set up financial wellness. Absolutely, it does. I mean, this is one of those things where we're big into financial wellness right now, and most people associate that with retirement plans, but the retirement plan is only an element of financial wellness. And what we have seen statistically, I could go on for hours, uh, statistics that talk about the financial benefit to an employer of having more financially well employees. So it's absolutely, and especially right now with the competitive job market that we have. How about it? Retention, right? If you've got a better deal and your employer takes really good care of you that way? Why not? Well, and the workforce is a lot more savvy than they used to be. When they're looking at prospective employers, they're not just looking at how much are you going to pay me. They're looking at what are your benefits? How are you going to support me as an employee? And all of this factors into that. I think it's a huge thing. It's getting more traction now, but for the most part, it's uh, we're in the initial stages of employers really taking advantage of this. Tom Parks, Director of Retirement Plan Services. You continue to be the man. Thank you. Thanks for having me. 454 at WHBY Annex Wealth Management show uh, Thursday, June, I did it again, July 12th. Mark Oswald is with me. We're just talking about 401ks. I've got, well, they're like puppies. You know, they kind of follow me around. But I will tell you this. Now, I would think the one that we administer here at Annex, since we do that for other companies, should be good. I really like ours. And it's the same company from my last employer, night and day. Well, you know, you're on to something. Because a lot of people, when they leave an employer, especially if they've been there, let's say, three, four, five years, they may have contributed, and so they've got maybe 20000 or $25,000 in their account, and they have a choice, and, and everybody's got choices with their 401k when you separate from an employer. And one of those choices oftentimes is to leave it there. And for a lot of people, that, that, that can be a reasonable decision. You have to realize that the plan has costs to it and that you're incurring those costs of the employer, even though you're not at the employer any longer. You can move it to your new 401k. You can take it in cash, which is almost never a good idea. Or you can roll it over. And for a lot of people taking control of those dollars, going going out and finding those lost puppies, because if you've got two or three or four different employers sure. that you had, all of a sudden you're talking about some serious money. You're talking about a hundred grand, a hundred and fifty grand to put all those things together to get them organized as a part of your financial plan and to bring those rollovers in. And we do it every day and we're extremely good at it. You don't have to go back to your old HR department, you don't have to do any of that. You simply have us do uh, an automated customer account transfer. We transfer those assets directly from your old employer into a IRA account that you control, and then you have the entire universe of investments available to you. And we're really good at it. So if you've got some old 
401ks that you've lost track of, this is a good opportunity to gather those assets up and get them part of your financial plan. And again, this is different. We're not really talking about individual investments. This is something that if HR directors are listening right now or chief financial officers, uh, we do this for companies. This is a benefit. Well, it is. And when you start thinking about financial wellness, as Tom was talking about, Dave, you're certainly talking about you know the health of the employee and, and people who are more set for their fin- financial future are just better employees. And and so we've rolled out a financial fitness academy that I think is, is going to be a real value to employers. And you know what's interesting about that is uh, we have an existing relationship and the client is a CEO of a well-known company here and he does not want to move his 401k and I understand that. He wants sure. to keep it where it's at. But he needs help and his employees need help. And so he asked us to come in and do employee education, to do the wellness, to go through this process. And it's an opportunity to bring a service to an existing firm without having to move the qualified plan. And most employers understand that they have a fiduciary obligation to their employees. And part of that is the education. You have to be able to provide education to those employees. Most employers understand that, but it's how do you do that? How do you deliver that? If you're a beleaguered HR department and it's sure. hard enough just doing what you're doing, we can partner with you. Right. C- certainly. And if you're if you're the CEO and you're just grinding away trying to build the business and grow the business, and then you've got this other thing you're supposed to be doing. But Or the CFO and the HR. We, the sure. email that we got just this week was, this HR director is buried. Can you help me was the name of the subject line. <laughs> That's a good subject line. Annex Wealth Management Show, we'd love to talk to you, love to work with you. If what you hear on the radio each and every week on WHBY matches up with you, start at AnnexWealth.com. While you're there, sign up for a free portfolio analysis. That's so easy to do. It makes sense. Also, sign up for the Axiom. Haley Tenpass was our uh, producer today. We want to thank her very much. Mark Oswald, thank you very much. Dave Spano, we will see you in a week, folks. Annex Wealth Management Show, WHBY. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.